You're listening to Now I've Heard Everything, presenting interviews with famous, fascinating, influential personalities from the 80s, 90s, and 2000s. When you come across an angel, and everybody agrees with this, they're very warm, compassionate. You feel wonderful. You're filled with a sense of joy and radiance and delight that everything is all right. Author and psychic medium Sophie Burnham. Today on Now I've Heard Everything, I'm Bill Thompson. Do you believe in angels? Does each of us have a guardian angel? What do angels really look like? And can angels perform miracles? Well, about 30 years ago, a Washington, D.C.-based author and psychic medium named Sophie Burnham wrote a book that became a huge bestseller. It was called A Book of Angels, in which she tried to explain all things that we know about angels and many things that we don't know about them. That was when she and I had the first of several conversations we'd had over the years. And if you don't believe in angels now, you might a few minutes from now. So here now, from 1990, Sophie Burnham. Do you run into people who ask you, are there really such things as angels? I run into people who say, oh, thank you for your book. Finally, I can tell someone what happened to me without thinking that I'm crazy. And I have hundreds of letters from people who have written to me telling me their story saying, thank you. Because actually, Bill, we can talk about anything at all in this society. Your sex life is open to talking on the air about it. But your connection with a higher power or an or the idea that there are invisible people, beings, diving down, interfering with our lives, that is taboo. <laughs> it's taboo because it's too precious, mm-hmm. it's sacred, and you don't want to diminish it by talking about it. And it's also because you think, maybe I'm crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. This can't happen. <laughs> now, what is it, you, know, you, you addressed this early on in the book, what is the difference between a ghost and an angel? All right, well, the difference is this. There are ghosts and there are angels. Ghosts are spirits of the dead, departed, are loved ones who stay around. They are troubled. They're earthbound. Their presence is felt by a chill. They're very, very cold. If they walk through you or if they touch you in some way, you feel freezing cold. Angels are a different species, and they are helpers or guardians, and they protect us and heal us and do things for us. And when you come across an angel, and everybody agrees with this, they're very warm, compassionate. You feel wonderful. You're filled with a sense of joy and radiance and delight that everything is all right. Angels say, don't be afraid. Everything's okay. And thirdly, when you see an angel, and anyone agrees, everyone agrees with this too, You're not the same afterwards. You aren't afraid anymore. It's going to be okay. Does it? uh, Do do angels most often appear in a crisis when you're when you're in imminent danger or if you are particularly frightened? Well, the stories that I have of people, they frequently come at a moment of a crisis or when you are in emotional distress of the most extreme order. Because I think that's when our shell is shattered enough so that we are able to see with our third eye into other dimensions. But they come to children, 
And they come to saints, and they come to very innocent, innocent, wondrous people just appearing. There's one story in here of a professor and his wife walking in the woods, and they saw angels above them just talking. And they were not in crisis at all, the professor and his wife. They were astounded. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I would imagine. (laughs) I I have to confess, I feel kind of left out because I don't think I've ever had an encounter with an angel. Well, I think I've also had a lot of people say this. Gosh, how do I get an angel? Does anybody have an angel? Why don't I see my angel? Maybe I'm just further down on the list or something. No, I don't think that's at all the thing, Bill. The thing is this. They will not interfere with your perception of the world, and they Will like they like to come disguised. They are going to do their little miracles and and uh, coincidences without intervening in how we think about things. Like so a, it will be natural. It will be a human being who walks up to you and says the thing you need. I was to just going to say, like like a nurse who had just happens to show up when a boy cuts his finger open with a knife. Exactly. That's one of the stories in here. And he cuts his finger with a knife. He's nine years old, alone in the house. The doorbell rings. He wraps his hand in in a towel for the blood pouring out. And there's a nurse standing at the door who bandages him up and goes away. I have dozens of stories of people who were being used as angels or or people who felt that they were, that they had met an angel by having sex. But they come, angel means messenger, so it comes in any form, as an animal. Visions, voices, dreams, intuitions, those little whisperings in our ear that tell us, watch out, stop, don't move. (laughs) Or we'll say, now, go, go for it. (laughs) Now, And car accidents. I have a lot of stories of people who felt hands pulling them out of a burning car. Invisible hands. And uh, these are not imaginings. But I, I... you must run into people who say these are superstitions or these are the workings of our some biochemical function in our brain that that tells us because we've learned culturally that there are we've been told in in church there are such yeah. things as angels and but it's we somehow don't believe it <laughs> yeah but but it's planted some sort of seed in the the little the the synapses of the brain or whatever so that when we have that crisis we imagine that there are hands pulling us or we imagine that there is a presence there they said there's no such thing as angels well i think that's i think that's right and i think it's right always to doubt you have to put it to the test because a lot of the times these intuitions are uh not real. But over and over and over again, you have people who say, yes, I took my hands off the steering wheel of the car, or I felt my hands pulled off the steering wheel of the car, and suddenly it stopped. And the police say there was no way that it could have done it. Um, I have just miracle stories. And then there are the stories of people who have seen angels. Johnny Cash is uh, told in one account of how he had seen angels two times, each time telling him, forewarning him of the death of a loved one. I have many, many stories of people who had angels come to to uh, give them guidance or comfort when a moment of distress was coming, and they could see the invisible being. It comes as a little ball of light or an energy. Now, maybe it's all your imagination, but it's a nice imagination to have. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
That's and if, true. if invisible hands are going to pull me out of a burning car, I like that imagination. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Do uh, w- the movies have shown us the angels in the white gowns, the wings on the back, the halo over the head? Is that anywhere near well, what they actually appear as? They are said to come with radiance. And I have stories of angels that are a couple of inches high or ones that tower above the ceiling. They can come in any form at all. Here's a wonderful story for you. A contractor came to my house not long ago, and I was telling him about this book, a book of angels that I had written. And he said, you should talk to my wife. When she was a little girl, she saw angels. She played with an angel, she and her sister, bouncing on the bed. And the giggling and the laughter was so intense that her mother, hearing it, tried to open the door. She could see light shining underneath the door of the closed door, but she couldn't open the door until this little being went away and the light disappeared. And then she could open the door and say what was happening. Oh, we were playing with an angel. After this short break, the incredible, almost unbelievable things angels can do. Now back to my 1990 interview with Sophie Burnham. They come as light and warmth, and I don't believe they need wings. Wings are our definition of what they need, because they move as swift as thought. But artists create wings because... Hmm. They come with a kind of shimmering, shining radiance and the, a movement of the light. And in trying to depict that movement, it's like the fluttering of pinions. But some angels are seen with wings. I was, I was just going to say, didn't, didn't, you, uh, didn't you have the story of the astronauts or the cosmonauts who had seen the wing, the, the angel uh, the with The Russian wings, cosmonauts. With, are, with wings the size of a jet plane. No, the angels were the size oh, the of angels. a jumbo jet. Six or seven angels, and they stood in space staring at these Russian cosmonauts. And then ten days later, they came again, and two other astronauts or cosmonauts saw them. I'm still trying to check this story out and see if it's true. I, I hope it is. <laughs> there is a part of me that wants to believe it so badly, and there's a part of me that says, gosh, this can't be true. I have... <laughs> Too many stories not to believe that there are indeed these guardians or watchers working on our behalf. And one of the things you asked me what we do, you have to ask for help and you have to say thank you. And you have to open your heart innocently. The reason children see them is they don't doubt they wouldn't see them. And the reason we don't see them probably is because we think we're not there. We think they're not there. Mm. Is it necessary but, to have some sort of religious faith to be no, to see an angel? No, absolutely not. And neither is it necessary to ask to see them or to pray for them. Because, indeed, I have all of these stories of people who were saved by angels or, or uh, touched by angels. And that was the last thing in the world that they were thinking. They were atheists or agnostics. And they were not thinking about having their lives saved by angels. And then suddenly here's this miraculous intervention and... Inevitably, their lives are changed. Inevitably, they come to a a broader understanding of the relationship of ourselves to other people and to the world and to life. Uh, Is it necessary? No. Every culture has a belief in angels. Isn't that intriguing? American Indians, Eskimos, Africans, Hindus, Buddhists, everybody. So does that mean they're... 
we're all imagining things. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've heard it said the people with, who have near-death experiences come back and they, like, like you and saw, they are, all are talk changed, about it. Uh, that's right. Somehow. No longer a fear of death. That's right. And they all speak of the angels. And uh, there is now, in fact, an association for it an international association of near-death experiences, and they've been investigating and also cataloging these near-death experiences, and they're all the same. And they all do have this idea that when you go over the wall, it's wonderful. <laughs> we don't have to be afraid. Does each of us have one guardian angel, or do the I, I may be trying to, to impose too much of our human structure on an, an angelic life, but I mean, do they, do they, whichever one happens to be closest to you, take, take the... Gosh, won't it be interesting to learn this? <laughs> I know, but as far as I can f- figure out, and from what I have seen and been told, we come into this world with many angels, and the higher the request that we have, the higher the angelic form that comes to us. So the more we are struggling toward the knowledge of the ultimate source or wisdom, the higher is the being that comes. Angels are the lowest of these ranks of spiritual beings because angels can still have almost one foot in the physical world and one foot in the spiritual world, and they're the ones that we can see. But the higher you get up, the more invisible they are. Can they? Can angels change physical laws? Yes. Angels can do anything like that. An angel will keep you from, from killing yourself falling from a five-story building. An angel can change anything. In fact, there's a wonderful quotation in here. I don't know if you have time to let me find it, but here, I just found it just like this. So great is the power of angels in the spiritual world that if I should make known all that I have witnessed in regard to it, this is Emanuel Swedenborg speaking in the 1600s, it would exceed belief. Any obstruction there that ought to be removed because it is contrary to divine order, the angels cast down or overthrow merely by an effort of the will and a look. There is nothing that they cannot do. Swedenborg was a Swedish uh, inventor, head of the Bureau of Mines, who devoted the last 20 years of his life to angels because... He was visited by them and also by people, he tells us, from other planets. I mean, it just boggles the mind, but (laughs) there it is. He wrote these extraordinary books, which later influenced Blake and Goethe and Voltaire and many thinkers. Is it it stretching the imagination to... to try to imagine an angel like Clarence in, in uh, It's a Wonderful Life who, who comes and, and shows somebody what their life might have been like if they had never been born. Is, is that, is that I don't beyond? Think it, a- no, I don't think it stretches the imagination at all. I, the question is, can we receive them when they, when they come? Can we see them? That's the question. It isn't that they're not there and dozens of them helping us. It's that The human mind is such, it is designed, the human mind is a brilliant instrument designed to doubt and to be afraid also. And in doubting and fear, which it's doing its business, it's called logic and thinking, but actually it's called doubting, (laughs) 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 questioning, (laughs) Uh, we are, are putting up a barrier between that and this 
real self of ours, when we go down into the really deepest part of our human being, we know there's something higher than ourselves. We know we're not alone. We have felt it. Everybody has felt. I mean, when we don't feel it, we feel betrayed. Where are you? <laughs> Why aren't you here? If you are once visited or twice visited, is is that it? Or 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 I mean, was that your was that your your moment? And and they and now it's somebody else's turn. Or or are there people who have multiple experiences? People who see them have multiple experiences. But but I have to say, they can also go away. Saint Teresa, who had many experiences, and in fact, uh, one, one of the sisters in her convent came in one day while she was meditating and saw the pen writing miraculously without her hand moving it. But anyway, St. Uh, Teresa, for all of her mystical experiences early in her life, did not have any in the last 20 years. Several of Sophie Burnham's books later became major bestsellers, she continues to write, and I, to this day, have still not seen an angel. Oh, wait a second. I wonder if I have. Hmm. That's another story for another time. Anyway, you can find all of our past episodes of Now I've Heard Everything at our website, heardeverything.com, including my 1992 interview with a man who I'm sure believed in angels, the Reverend Robert Schuler. I think there's life after this life. I really believe that. The human being is the only animal that's been able to conceive of that fantastic, immense, infinite possibility. And incredible human creativity almost always is scientifically reality. And of course, we post new episodes here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And you can find Now I've Heard Everything on all major podcast platforms. And thanks for listening. Next time on Now I've Heard Everything, the man whose name became synonymous with some of the most delicious chocolate chip cookies on the planet. My 1994 interview with Wally Famous Amos. I love selling cookies. <laughs> I love eating them, making them. I love everything about chocolate chip cookies. There are millions of people that identify me in cookies. I've created a lot of goodwill. That goodwill didn't belong to Famous Amos. It belonged to Wally Amos. That's next time on Now I've Heard Everything. I'm Bill Thompson. Bill Thompson.